0: Welcome everybody that's uh, joining us at this moment. Uh, there, there, there's all, there's always something, man. I don't, I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm at a point right now where I'm just done with technology. The problem is, guys, I'm gonna tell you right now. The problem is that we're in quarantine, and what in the world would quarantine be like without technology? Oh, oh man, that'd be horrible. But. Uh, you know, on Sabbath, it's just things, either they work or they don't. I have no idea. But anyway, so we apologize for all, all those uh, those uh, crazy noises. I those weird noise at from, the beginning. Yeah, <laughs> it was not coming from any of our mics. That's for sure. I checked. We were all on mute. But apparently, uh, that was something that was going on. So anyways, uh, we want to welcome everybody that's joining us today. I, I know a few more obviously connect a little bit later. Uh, but here we are. We are live. Uh, another uh, Keep Calm and Advent on Conversation. And uh, today, today we got an interesting conversation. But before we even get into that, quick shout out to everybody that's joined us uh, once a- hey guy's once again, Jessica with the Happy Sabbath, the very first Happy Sabbath. You know, I'm, I'm starting to wonder now if she's just simply, you know, right there on YouTube, just refreshing, refreshing, refreshing. All of a sudden, CCR, hey, hey do, she, does she, she have a
1: bo- does she have a bot?
0: she might have a bot i, I don't know she might to be, have to be
2: honest the only reason she got it first is because chris wasn't on there already he was already with us mm-hmm. so maybe maybe chris would have beat her this time uh, <laughs> I, you I, know I, what
3: I, been, like last two or three conversations she's, she's always been there you know i was yeah. like refreshing and it's like somehow even before the stream starts like there's already a comment in the conversation
0: i I, yeah.
1: I got a i got a bone to pick but but I, i'll i'll speak a, a little bit on that later
0: <laughs> all right, for sure, for sure. But, anyways, we want to welcome everybody. I'm not sure who el Elbuki is, but uh, you know, who, 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 who oh, who all you them? guys know who that is. No, I have no idea who that is. Who that's that? Jeffron. Oh, is it yeah, really? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, Jeff yeah. We go. Uh, uh, Jaylene, and we got a uh, uh, Gina as well. We want to welcome everybody that's watching us. Thank you for those happy Sabbaths. And again, if you are watching us or you catch us in a little bit later, give us a shout out, let us know. Uh, today, as you can see, it's not three of us. Once again, it is well. I was going to say, once again, it is four of us, but Jason got lost in the hills of Utah, right? And, uh, and, and there is there is no Wi-Fi out there. Uh, so it was three of us last time, uh, but um, today we got four. Today we got four, and uh, we got a special guest with us. Uh, we got Christopher Lopez. Um, I, I, I've i known Chris for, uh, for a few years now, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, Chris, obviously we want you to give a little intro to yourself, but... Uh, currently a theology student at Southern um, going into your second year. Am I, am I correct on that? Is it, is it going to be? Yeah. Yeah,
3: take-
0: yeah. Second year. So I, I know, I know the youth at my church know you. I know that the youth obviously at your church know you, but just in case yeah. someone is watching us that does not know you tell us a little bit about yourself.
3: Yeah. Well um, I am, I'm am studying a theology at Southern Adventist university um it's a you know fantastic school and um you know for me i i don't know i just love god <laughs> i i don't know i just try to i be positive um i just i don't know i'm a simple man but you know if it's, it's something that god wants he's being to be
1: kind true. guys he's being too kind <laughs> this, this man right here is a man of the word right there
2: uh, <laughs> the man of the word and the man of the memes there we go. Oh, oh we go. Mostly, yeah, a hey, double
1: edged sword, right? <laughs> uh,
2: double-edged sword. I'm going to tell Maybe, you me, something. I mean, this
3: conversation towards the end. I don't know. We'll just see yeah. how it goes.
0: Well, <laughs> the, the thing is, the thing is that you're on this side of the screen now. So I think the memes are going to be about you as opposed to about me. OK, hey, I'm we, just going to say <laughs> that.
1: Hey, where's Elijah? No.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we need, yeah, we need a Leo. Sorry. By the way, Um uh, just so you guys know, uh, uh, you know, Chris was one of those uh, uh, church members that every single time I'd preach, I'd be a little nervous because I wouldn't know what question was coming up as a follow-up, right? And sometimes <laughs> they would just throw some things at me that I just wasn't ready. So, uh, you know, it's good to have you here. Uh, but again, uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, we have uh, we 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 have a conversation today that I think that you'll be able to give us a very unique perspective on, uh, especially as someone who is going into ministry. Uh, someone who is young, uh, you know, raised in the church things like that. And and I think that's going to be very important. But again, thank you for joining us. And uh, again, a shout out to everybody who is joining us. And as I said, look, Jessica mentioned it right there on the comments. She refreshes it. I just saw that. I know, I know. Um, But, but, uh, but we got some interesting news. Uh, And uh, Andrew, talk to us. We mentioned some shirts last week. What do you got for us today?
1: We got some giveaways, but first I have, I have a bone to pick. I go told more. you guys that I, I was gonna, I was gonna go back through every single video and see who was the very first to comment from the girls and from the guys. I think we have an overwhelming problem. I just gotta say this. is All I gotta say, I don't I don't have the stat on me. Maybe you have it, Mitchell. But I know there's a, a statistic that says there are more female Seven Day Adventists than there are males. And I'm seeing this on the videos. <laughs> I'm seeing this on the videos. Yeah, it, it sure. seems like there's more support. For, from our, our seven day Adventist women than there are males, man. That's all I got to say. I got sure. got a bone to pick with the men. What's going on for, here? For,
0: for sure, for sure. Now, to be fair, that is statistically across all denominations. More oh, women well, there than you go men. you know, but what's up, right? What's up with that?
3: Where's I'll the male representation now?
0: <laughs> hey, hey, can we just not simply give out two shirts to, to two females as opposed to just men? Come on, Ooh, man. I'm just saying.
3: Hey, right,
1: we hey. we got to
0: reward the women. <laughs>
1: I would do that, except um, I have I have a problem. I'm, I'm gonna tell you guys right now. I'm, I'm gonna go with the with the men first, right? In second place, right here, and this is the this is where the problem begins. In second oh, place for the men is Elias. Oh, with two, came out oh. on top oh. twice.
0: What? Unbelievable!
1: He has two. Come okay. on. So who's first? And, then, and, and the winner, I mean, is yours truly, Christopher.
2: Oh, chris, chris,
0: chris, chris got three three happy sabbaths hey hey uh this yeah this was this was already planned right uh like this you you already knew this andrew because uh, is that why we have chris today? I, I didn't know this
1: i i went through this and it, and it made sense got
0: it all right so what, what about what about the females what about the females?
1: For the females this this was a close race actually for a second i was going through the videos i was like don't tell me i'm gonna have to give my mama a shirt
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> my mom was commenting yeah. in the video. hey hey I, I have nothing against it it's just sure, i don't want sure. people to think i'm biased come on sure, sure. Well, Oh, no, in second person. place this Go was second. a close one man in second place we have jay lean
2: oh Jaylene. so oh, close
1: <laughs> it's close. close dude she had four four first happy Savage. and the winner of course we know where, where where's the uh where's the bot at we got
0: Jesse. Hey hey. jesse
2: hey
0: hey way to, way to go jessica i, I yeah. see you guys kind of doing that fake laugh because she's not from high desert but all about i'll represent That's right. okay I saw a little <laughs> fake laugh from you guys uh no for sure and i think i think this is very fitting right um one one from uh from high desert one from from inland and also, it works this is what we wanted to do absolutely it works. Wanted, I-
1: yeah
0: yeah yeah, to absolutely.
1: reach out to yeah. both of the churches. Look, look, I'm, I'm going to throw out some new designs out there for you guys, just in case you want to see. We got, we got these.
0: Very nice. Very nice. Like that. We got for the
1: girls, for the girls, if you like more normal colors. Mm. Uh,
0: very the, the nice. Basic gray. And
1: then the, the last new color.
0: We got, I think you said the last two colors.
1: There you go. Uh, yeah. We got ooh, basic ooh, blue not for not. the guys and girls. Right. got this other pink for for the for the guys i don't know if it comes out
0: no we it's hard to see but there we go yeah yeah yeah. it's there it's there okay awesome Uh, all right so andrew so so here's the question first of all well for chris uh and for um and for jessica how do they get because we said we were going to give them a shirt so how we need their address obviously what do they got to do
1: yeah well i mean they could either send it to you, to me, to Jason. DM us, you know, uh, your address. That's actually the perfect
2: way. DM huh? us on Instagram. Go hit up our Instagram. Um, there we go. For the winners for well, everybody else hit up hit us up on Instagram, but for the winners specifically, um, so that we don't put them out in the air right here. Hey, and I, I and I'm gonna
1: do I'm gonna do I'm gonna do something special for 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 the two winners that we have. I'll let you choose the colors, any two colors that you want.
0: Ooh, there you go so let
1: on, on those shirts so
0: yeah let, let me know. let yeah let andrew know let myself know or simply dm uh the instagram account and we'll be fine and then if you are interested in uh in getting any of these shirts again same thing simply dm us on the instagram account and uh you know we'll let you know um you know we we really want you guys to get the message out not even about the podcast or the conversations or whatever we just want you guys to be able to have something that exactly. points to the second coming of jesus you know and and that quote on the back that quote on the back that you know talks about how we're looking forward but not forgetting our past so which is which is a, a very very fitting transition to what we're going to talk about mm. today, today today so andrew thank you so much for that again uh thank you chris uh for joining us and also for joining us first in other situations and then uh uh jessica as well um, You know, for for all the support, but also you know, for being that first happy Sabbath over and over again. Let let that let that bot keep doing its work. Why not? <laughs> okay, that's that's that, that's what we got the technology for. All right, perfect. So we want to jump into this conversation titled "My SDA Life: Being Twenty First Being Adventist in the Twenty First Century." Uh, but we're going to start with a word of prayer. This is what we normally do.
2: And so, uh, Jason, uh, you mind leading us in uh, in a word of prayer? All right, let's pray, guys. Father God, I want to thank you, Lord, first of all, for another day of life, and not just any other day, Lord, but the Sabbath, a day where we could spend time with you, and a day where we have these conversations, or where we could talk about you and uh, talk about the, the questions that we have and the questions that others might be struggling with, Lord. Now, Lord, as we start this conversation, may you guide it, and thank you for everything that you've done for us. In your name I pray, amen. Amen, amen. amen. Thank you for that, Jason. All right.
0: So uh, here we are. We have had two Sabbaths in a row where we have talked about Adventism. We've talked about historical Adventism. We've talked about the role of prophecy in Adventism. Uh, But we're trying to push ourselves now. You know, we started off like somewhere somewhere. Well, Andrew started somewhere off in like the 1500s or whatever, uh, you know, and, and then and then we were in the middle of like the 1850s and up into the 1860s at the end of the 1910s. That's kind of where our conversation left off last week. But now today we're jumping into Adventism 2020, right, uh, into the year of today. And we want to talk about what it's like being Adventist in these days. Now, before we enter into this conversation, uh, again, everybody that's joining us, thank you so much. But we want you to be part of this conversation as well. In fact, I think it's even more important for this conversation uh, to be part of it. So as we're going along, if you feel you want to share something with us, let us know. and, uh, and I think it'll definitely help the conversation as we go. And if we can incorporate it, we will. Um, but let, you know we're kind of we're gonna open up our hearts today, you know, and, and just speak real. Um, and uh, hopefully this doesn't get anybody in trouble. Right. As, a, as the, as the, as the employed said, Devin is pastor here. The employee, uh, don't, yeah. You know what I mean? The employee, um, the future minister. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Hopefully, hopefully it doesn't stop. You know who, right. Where, where, wherever he's at on the screen, but anyways, uh, no, we should be fine, but we do want to be real. We want to be honest about this conversation. And so we're going to start here. Um, I, I believe that at this point we have confirmed that uh, all of us and, 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 Chris, correct me if I'm wrong. I believe you were raised, Seventh day Adventist for the most yeah. part of your life, if not all of it. Perfect. So we've all sort of been raised Seventh-day Adventist uh, from different places, obviously, but this is the way it, it happened. And I know that there were things that, that uh, scared you. There were things that worried you, uh, things that, that maybe brought a little stress in your life about being Adventist. And we want to start off there, right? So uh, Chris, you are our guest. You know, We're, we're going to leave you with that, that first word. Was there anything at all? that worried you that stressed you out that 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 even maybe scared you uh kind of growing up being Adventist, or me maybe, maybe even today i don't know what 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 say you
3: yeah yeah definitely um just before i like s- answer that question um if you are like watching like please comment cuz sometimes like when i'm commenting i don't want to plague the chat with just like one person after another so sometimes <laughs> i just don't say anything so like do comment you probably make other people want to comment too for sure um, go so- Um, but no, yeah, for me, like uh as a kid growing up Adventist, um, something that I always like remember being scared of is that like one day we're gonna have to run away and live in the mountains (laughs) because you know, (laughs) like hey, we're gonna get persecuted. I mean, as a kid, you're like, all right, you're like, okay, we're gonna be persecuted. Like, you mean I can't live in my home anymore. Like (laughs) so I don't know, it's just the aspect of like the end times, because I feel like we put such an emphasis on it that you know, there's going to be a point in time when you won't be able to buy anything, you won't be able to sell anything. And you're going to have to like run from your home, you're, you're going to be like living in like recluse areas of the planet, and like birds are going to come and feed you. I mean, for me, I'm like, wow, that's, I mean, that, that, that's like a lot to take in. <laughs> um, and, uh, and, you know, growing up, I kind of, you know, understood more and more and everything. Um, but but now I feel like something that as as an Adventist that I do get, like, I don't know, kind of like, a little bit scared of is that i won't do like the job that like god requires me to do as an adventist of you know we put such an emphasis that you know like we're a special church that we're the end time church of bible prophecy and it's kind of like god has given us this special message and me as like a a young person who's like i'm like i'm 19 years old so i'm learning like so much and they don't as i haven't experienced a lot of like um like people haven't Sat down with me and taught me like, hey, this is what the Adventist Church is. Like, I've had to do that on my own. I've had to research that on my own. But even in college and in classes, it's not like they go through step by step. They're like, okay, here's like a general overview, and like look into it yourself. And um, it's like God really has given us a special message, and I feel like if I don't live up to that, it's kind of like, oh man, you know, I'm yeah. not doing my job.
0: Type of thing. Yeah, for sure. I, I'm, look, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna echo you on this because growing up, there were two things that would always bring panic. And I know we always talk about La Ultima Batalla, but man, that movie keeps coming out, <laughs> Terrifying, bro. <laughs> <Maybe> to <laughs> my point. <laughs> yeah, well, I, look, I'm just saying. I, I have a feeling that maybe we all are kind of on the same page. I don't know, but um,
2: we all grew up Hispanic, so yeah, yeah, we yeah, have to have seen that movie <laughs> man, for sure. God, just,
0: <laughs> yeah, the the to me, the popular teachings, and I mean in Adventism, right? The popular teachings of uh of the judgment, and particularly this idea that my name may have already crossed the eyes of God and I was already judged and I didn't even know about it. And I, and honestly, that would bring some anxiety to my life. Like I'm, like I'm 12, 13 years old and I'm thinking, well, what's the point of living anymore? I'll probably already judged. And I remember preachers going up and saying, your name may have already passed and you know, you don't know. So be ready all the time. So that, that was always <laughs> something worrisome and for sure the persecution. Uh, I, I, it's funny because, um, uh, one of one of like uh, all time favorite movies, one of the most popular movies of all time is The Sound of Music. And in The Sound of Music, eventually uh, this takes place in the time of the uh, uh, of, Second, uh, of Second World War. And so you have the Nazis, right? And if you guys haven't seen the movie, it's fine. But eventually they leave, they flee from the Nazis and they end up in the mountains. And I'm like, oh, that's how the persecution is going to be. Like, we're going to end up leaving. We're not even going to have like a backpack to pack up. We're just going to run out into the hills, not have anything. And I would I would spend some sleepless nights thinking about that stuff. Right. Um, uh, but but growing up, I think that was one of my biggest fears. I, I don't know if you guys shared anything else like that. I know obviously Chris and I are on the same page there.
2: Oh, you know, uh, yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> the,
1: yeah, I wanted to, to kind of agree with you guys on, on both of those points. I, I remember uh, as a young kid, one some of the thoughts that came to my head was like on that day, like, say, for instance, would I be able to die for Jesus? Like, I remember those, one of, one of my thoughts, it's like, if that ever came to, came, came you know, and I remember pl- replaying this in my head, I think I had dreams about it at sure. times where I was like, like, I'm going to die for Jesus, you know, like, I'm going to do this. Like, I remember thinking that like, man, when Jesus comes, like, will I be able to like stand that day? Sure. I, I think that was definitely one of the ones, and obviously uh, the one that, um, just echo what Chris said, the same thing is, the, the current day version of that is kind of like, you know, all this knowledge that you've given, all these things that you've done, and this, you know, in your Christian walk, it's always that fear when all of a sudden uh, you start walking backwards or, 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 you know, you have this, uh, you know, you start to second guess yourself sometimes, you know, and, and like, like we say, we're not always, uh, uh you know, on the, on the uh, how would you say, it? we're not always on it, you know, and, and sometimes it, it kind of brings that, I guess, that, that second thought. Well, uh, another one too is i remember when i was younger some of the, the thoughts that i i remember having was like man you're telling me i'm not gonna like what if jesus came right now like i wouldn't be able to have a family i wouldn't be able to have the car or the house i wanted i wouldn't be able to do all these things i remember thinking because back because you you think to your former self and I, I remember thinking back then i was like man you're telling me i'm not going to be able to play uh, video games for a living like i'm not going to be able to become the top gamer in, in halo or whatever it was like." I remember thinking those thoughts, you know, when you're young, you're like, man, like Jesus, just hold off a little bit. Like I, 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 I want to like accomplish what I want to accomplish. And I remember all these things going through my head, but absolutely I agree with what you guys are saying.
2: Dude, the fact, the fact that you mentioned Halo, that that was your dream game, back, that just, that just points out that we're older. We're getting older. <laughs> for sure. Um, I think for me, it has been like a mix of everything that you guys have said that was a fear but one of my fears and even I could say even up till today something that's always in the back of my head is when i get judged when, I'm, when i when when i'm when i'm already in that second coming when i'm getting judged am i going to be or or am i even going to be a, like in front of jesus and tell him like like when he when he separates everybody am i going to be the one saying like but didn't i go out and feed people in your name didn't i go do these things in your name uh, even up to today, that's that's something that's always in the back of my head. Like I don't wanna live a fake Christian life. I don't wanna be doing those things and not really be doing them for Jesus. Like that's always something that's in the back of my head. So like like it like it, it's always bugged me when like I see people like feeding homeless people and like they have to post it on social media. Yeah. Cause I'm like, when I see that, I think to myself, I'm like, man, if I were to do that, I feel like if that's when I would be. Being a fake christian like making sure everybody knows that i was doing a good deed like so that's that's always that's something that's actually always like been since i was a little kid ever since i heard that that text ever since i, I read that like I, I was told that parable like it's always been like in the back of my head like am, am i going to be one of the ones that that says that yeah,
1: uh, if i if i could say something uh, going along with what jason said i actually kind of did would you say like a like a little interview to a couple a couple of different young people to get some of their answers. I was like, because well, I, I think it, it, it it's, it's drastically different from what I feel or, you know, from, from what I remember to compare to what some of the young people are going through today. And it, uh, one of the ones that one of the young pre- uh, people told me was uh, that they were scared of, or guess, the, this feeling of uh, the church not challenging themselves. And, and the, the, the exact quote that this person said was, um, I don't want to be that 60 year old person in church still, but just living in their bubble and never really challenge their Adventism, but kind of just going through the motions because this is what they did. This is what they do, you know? And, and I think we've all to some point been there where we, we just were in church just going through the motions, but, you know, never really questioning or challenging our Adventism. And I guess the, the, the challenge for this young, young person was they don't want to be that person at 60 years old. Or just like Jason was saying, you know, and, and still and be that person that never challenged their faith in some sense.
0: Yeah, I, I think, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, look, it's weird. And, and I'm, let's pick on this for a second, because we all kind of point to this, um, uh, th- this view of prophecy, these interpretations and these preachings that come from prophetic interpretations, right, um, uh, of the judgment and of persecution and things like that. And I, what I feel and again, I, and I'm coming from somebody who has preached this before, right? What I feel a lot of times is that we have put as Adventists an extra emphasis on those things when there is much more assurance outside of those things, right? Um, it, we're concerned about the judgment. I hear this from you guys. We're concerned about the judgment. And I think many of our young people, by the way, uh, to any, if anybody who's watching us live right now, uh, share with us as well one what, what of your biggest fear as being Adventist. We want to hear about this. We want to know what you guys also have experienced. But um, I, I think that uh, Adventism at some points has gone to extremes, right? And, and, and I'm not saying this comes officially from the 7th Adventist Church. I'm just talking about as we practice the faith, as we practice this religion, we end up emphasizing on these things that actually end up bringing probably more stress than anything. In fact, Ellen White talks about how we sometimes bring a time of trouble before the actual time of trouble, right? It's like we bring anxiety before there should actually be anxiety. And so um, I, I don't know, I feel like we've all, we've all gone through that. And I have a feeling that many, many of, of, our, of our viewers and, and our young people, right? Our respective churches have gone through something similar. And it's sad because it shouldn't be like that. God loves you, right? And, and God wants you to be saved. There's more working in your favor than against my opinion. I don't know.
2: Yeah, I, I think so. Like, like we, we take it so lightly, but it, it, the statement of with God on my side, who's against me, hmm. it, it, there's actually a lot of meaning and a lot of, a lot of how can I, what's the word I'm looking for. There's, there's just a lot behind that, that we sometimes say it so loosely Mm-hmm. And we just say, because like, oh, it's empowering or like, well, it makes you feel good at the moment. But when you really put God to the test of like, look, God, you're like right now, I can't do nothing about it. Like the situation is just going to be in your hands. Like God really pulls through. And there's like, there's been several situations that I've been through that it's been like, God, I can't do nothing about this. Like, I really like, I need you to like, to, to talk to me. And there's just like, there's no way God's going to let you down. For sure. For sure. Um, Let me, let me
0: ask you guys, what do you feel? And, and, you know, we're talking about kind of being raised in all this and perhaps we matured from that. But is there anything difficult at all about being Adventist now? Like today in your lives, is there anything that you guys find difficult uh, living the Adventist life?
3: I say like, yeah, like totally kind of kind of what you were saying earlier um, Mish, was about um, like when we start practicing like Adventism, it's kind of like it, it's not intentionally that like we seek to like, oh, we're going to make ourselves very, very different from other people. But as we start to, like, follow what God asks us to do with the, in the biblical principles and and uh, as w- what we learn in our church, it's kind of like it's a natural thing that happens, like we become different from everybody. And as a result, like, I mean, people notice that, obviously. And some people are, are you know, more understanding and tolerant about it. But then there's just, I would say, in my opinion, the majority just from um, canvassing, from Bible working and just from my personal experience is that like, you know, once it like you, you can't say anymore, oh, you know, it's because like the Bible says it. That that's why, you know, I worship on Sabbath or, you know, I just want to practice a, a healthier diet being vegetarian because, you know. The, it's like good for our bodies and stuff. And people will kind of look at you like, you know, what are you doing? Why are you kind of just like making a, a line of distinction between you and them and like there's more of them than there is you. And it kind of just like makes you feel like, oh man, like, you know, should I even be doing this? Kind of like you're on the like lesser side.
2: Yeah, I agree with Chris on that. I think I think that's like one of the, I guess you could say one of the harder aspects when you have friends and acquaintances that don't 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 know nothing about your religious beliefs, or that, that it's kind of, I guess you could say, it get it, sometimes it gets hard to like, helping them understand, because it can be repetitive. It can be like, oh, because the Bible says so, because the Bible says so, okay, but what, what's the importance behind that? Like, why is that important? Why is it so important to you? Why is it? Why does the Bible, like, talk about that, you know? Um, I feel like that's, that's mainly like, like chris was saying for me that's probably like the only hard thing like really trying to get through to to um to like my friends and acquaintances that aren't adventists that other than that like it's not i don't feel it's necessarily hard because even like i like even if you're trying to get a job like there's a lot of jobs out there that do commodities for religious beliefs Mm. so we can't even use that as an excuse now um And there's just so many different religions within the United, I think, I think it's not hard being Adventist within the United States. Mm. That's that to start off because we, we, we we just don't suffer religious persecution, like in, like in, let's say like a Saudi Arabian country or a, or a country that practice, a country that um, practices that are like the majority of the population is Muslim. Sure. Sure. You know? Um, so that's why I, I, I believe here in the United States, it's, it's easier to be an Adventist. It's just not what I feel is it's not easy is it's not easy, like fully standing out for your beliefs because we're a lot of Adventists are in a comfort zone and it it could be dangerous because then it's just like, Oh, I'm just Christian here in my house. Like I'm just Christian in the things that I do. What about like the things that we post on social media that we like on social media, the movies that we go watch, like it's those little things that when we think nobody is watching that really matter. And i think that's sometimes can be the hard part
0: mm.
1: yeah um i actually wanted to mention a quote from uh from ellen from white Martin luther
0: king oh no
1: uh, no 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 mlk today
0: <laughs> no MLK,
1: I'm not sorry. today no i no huh chris <laughs> <laughs> yeah. okay. none of that today no i have a, have a quote from uh from ellen white that i wanted to read uh from christian education page 289 it says when we reach the standard that the lord would have us reach Worldlings would regard Seventh-day Adventists as odd, singular, straight-laced extremists. We are made a spectacle unto the world and to angels and to men. I think that this quote kind of um, encapsul- encapsulates everything it is in the struggle for, uh, uh, for Seventh-day Adventists. You know, when you, when you come to a place in your Christian walk where you are trying so hard, to let go of your will and, 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 and I guess combine your will with, 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 the will of God, there will be times where you go from that, uh, that casual Christianity to that place where, you know, you, you're really trying to let go of things, but everyone around you is not on that same boat. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like you're alone. And then all of a sudden, uh, uh, like I'll just give you guys an example, right? If, if for instance, you, you, uh, you go off something what Ellen White says, you know, where she talks about uh, playing sports. Right. And and then all of a sudden you're convicted of that. And you say, you know what? Oh, someone, they're going to go play volleyball or, or, or soccer or whatever. And you say, oh, you know what? I- I- I'm going to pass. You know, it's like, what do you mean you're going to pass? We're going to go play We're some sports like, oh, you know what? Like, what do you tell them? Like, oh, I- I- I'm convicted, you know, like, you know, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, oh, you're one of those. You know, you're an extremist. Like, oh, what do you what do you mean? You don't you don't eat? A certain way you know like you don't you don't even eat this like it's like it starts to become then you start to become the center of it and then like you know oh i'm not gonna go watch i'm not gonna go to the theater you don't go to the theater what do you mean or like all these different things like and you start to see how you know the closer and closer you want to get to god and leave some of those things behind right it's like yeah. you can see people either they, they turn to ridicule or they turn to uh oh you're one of those and and I think that, that that's the struggle of, I think, just sanctification in, in, in general. And, and I think as a Seventh-day Adventist, and since we have that spe- uh, a special message and all these different things, you know, I, I think it becomes harder and harder, uh, especially with the things that, you, that are tied in with you. Like, there are things that you can do. They say, oh, this is my belief. This is my conviction. I'm going to keep it to myself. Right. But then all of a sudden, if you start to get tied in with other people, all of a sudden, for example, you're at work, right? And, and you're working with some other guys and all of a sudden, oh, they don't want to punch in at a certain time, but you're with that group. So it's like, what, do you tell on them to, to your supervisor and, and get them in trouble? Or, or or what do you do? Like all of a sudden your Christianity gets starts to get tied into other people. And if you don't go with the flow, then all of a sudden people start hating you really quickly.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah. Go, No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. And I was going to add on to that. Like, not even that, like if you're at work and you also have a, a coworker that's, that says they're Adventist, but then they do things differently. Like let's say they do go to work on the Saturday or they say uh-huh. certain things or certain phrases or certain, they use certain words. It's like, Hey, how come he doesn't and you don't, know? you guys are both from the same church. It kind of like, it, it makes things a little difficult to actually like reach out to those people. And um, like something I wanted to like say, like, it's funny how sometimes what is hard also as being Adventist is that we try to like, I don't know if it's intentionally or not intentionally. We kind of like try to seclude ourselves from other Christians instead of actually like trying to, trying to, talk to other christians Mm -hmm. discuss our beliefs we try to seclude ourselves and we have like this that's why like sometimes like even people like are like oh you're a little sect no we're not a sect it's just that we unfortunately have people that seclude themselves like like and it gets tough sure sure it does can i I I jump in
1: real quick just to jump into real quick i had a situation like that where someone actually a seven-day adventist would do certain things on sabbath and i said i don't work on on, on sabbath sure. and they would say oh well that person does these things on sabbath exactly. why can't yes, you exactly do that and yet. it's like all of a sudden you feel all the pressure but anyways not to cut you off but
0: no 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 i think i think i what you guys bring up is fine but i i find something really ironic with what you guys are saying and i'm going to push back on on probably all three here we go for that matter yeah i i've i've always wondered this right um We sometimes struggle with being different, with being a little odd, a little quirky, right? Compared to others. And yet the world that we live in celebrates odd and quirky and weird. Here, check this out. Okay. Because I had to pull it up. I think this is one of the greatest quotes in marketing history for that matter. Um, But for those of you who know me will know that this is just one of the greatest quotes. Steve Jobs, 1997. Not MLK. The- not, MLK. No, not MLK? Not okay. Not MLK. Not okay. Here's to the crazy ones. Now, this was, this was a really big campaign that Apple did for their products. But it, I, I loved it, all right? And this is his quote. Here's to the crazy ones. And by the way, when this is going on, you get the video of Martin Luther King, of all these great leaders in, the, in, in uh, your, your, your MLK, by the way, okay? Uh, he's got MLK, he's got Gandhi, he's got all these people, right, that, that have made a difference in the world. And he says, here's to the crazy ones, the misfits, the rebels, the troublemakers, the round pegs in the square holes. And by the way, that phrase caught my attention. Oh, the ones that don't fit, right? And he says, the ones who see things differently, They're not fond of rules. You can quote them, disagree with them, glorify or vilify them. But the only thing you can't do is ignore them because they change things. They push the human race forward. And while some may see them as the crazy ones, we see genius because the ones who are crazy enough to think that they can change the world are the ones who do. Now, you know, look, oh, awesome quote, but isn't he saying that those who are the round pegs in the square holes are the ones that stand out? And really, this is who we should be following. And here we are, and we're saying, look, I, I, I stand out from everyone else, but I'm trying to hide that. I'm, I'm trying to, I'm not saying you guys are saying that, right? I'm just saying this is kind of like our tendency. Oh, I'm trying to hide that. I'm trying to blend in with everybody else. When the world literally, I, look, let's just take for example, uh, gay pride. The idea is is to have pride in who you are and to stand out. And yet we are afraid, of standing out. This blows my mind completely. I, 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 I struggle with it so much because I'm like, wait a minute. Our society is totally fine with standing out. But for some reason, if you stand out for Jesus or for
2: faith, then I don't, I don't want any of that. No, just, just like all yeah. that you're saying with ads just recently <laughs> with Nike, with everything that's going on. Huh. um and i think they have a colin kaepernick picture in the back and it, the, the the description says believe in something even if it means sacrificing everything
0: what in the world is that are you kidding me like wait wait a minute uh isn't that kind of like what
2: we tell people at church like believe in jesus exactly. even if that means sacrificing well, everything it's colin kaepernick or some other athlete is not in the back of that picture or behind that quote I feel like that's what sometimes downplays things. Uh, I don't know. I it, uh, I know.
0: I know, Chris. You wanted to say something.
3: Oh, yeah. I was just. I was just gonna say. I think it. Um. I think it also like depends on what we're trying to like stand out for. I think that has like a huge like impact on like what exactly it is. Cause I mean, yeah. It could be you know everything with like um for example like what what Nike's doing or with what like the Gay Pride's doing and and they're standing out and they're making their movements. And I think it's just that like I don't know that the world that we live in today has like it loves certain aspects of Jesus. But then once we like bring like the whole part of Jesus with him, like they're like, oh, I don't want that Jesus. I want the loving Jesus, the good one. And I think I think that's what makes it like so so difficult for us to like to bring out to them. I don't know. I think it's just because like they're so t- antagonistic, I guess, towards it.
1: It's hey, I, 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 want, I want to give you a quote with that. I, I keep mentioning this quote. I'm OK. Uh, uh, Was it that that Geo posted? You, already, you guys already know. You guys, that's why you guys are smiling. But you say <laughs> we're we're all Christian until it gets biblical. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. And 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 that to me speaks volumes, right? Or or we're we'll all or or will even bring this to the Seventh Day Adventist movement? world we'll, we'll all agree to uh to what Ellen White says until we disagree with what she says. Yeah, you know, yeah. it, it, we're 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 all for the steps to Christ and and the great controversy, but when when she starts to tackle some of the the, the nitty gritty, then all of a sudden. What
0: happened yeah but you, but look but this is what this is what I'm trying to say um, I, I I hear what you guys are saying but if the world cares not what people say about them, why in the world do we care about what people say about us you you understand what I'm saying like like literally look one of the most famous songs on the entire planet right now is the song from "Frozen Let It Go right and <laughs> tell me. Does the song not say, don't act like you guys haven't heard it before, okay? What's does that? The, yeah, does the song not say- Is that say, the,
1: the, uh, the Christian song by- uh... <laughs> yeah,
0: No, no, it's not, it's not, okay? But, but, but the song becomes so popular, and the message is basically, I don't care what anyone else is going to say. I'm just going to be me. Why is it that that does not- And I'm not saying that's like, it's uh, fine, that's a, a secular song. Why would we apply that to faith? I'm just saying, why is it that we can't practice that very same thing? And I think Adventism is a perfect example of that because, you know, we're not just only different to like the secular world out there. We're different to many Christians out there, right? So we are different upon different. And why is it that we can't just go in there and say, you know what? I'm different, whatever, right? And, and I'm here and I'm here to tell you about how great it is that I am different because of this and that reason. No, no, we, we literally even go out of our way to try to blend in
2: actually had a, had a situation that brings this into play. And um, when I was younger, um, well, you guys know that I had my phase when I was in and out of church and when I was finally out. But before, the, before that, um, I was in high school. And I think one of the things that scared me about standing out as an Adventist was in my mind at the time and my way of thinking was there was a certain, certain situation that I was going through and I was extremely nervous and I was scared. Mm-hmm. And I thought that it was going to like start like maybe like somehow the persecution. I thought that me standing out as an Adventist was going st- <laughs> to start the persecution. And it, it, it was intense. And I think that's also part of it. Like I feel like sometimes as Adventists, since we have so much to like to share about prophecy, we know so much, we have so many books written on prophecy that at least from my perspective, when I was younger, now, I don't, I don't think of it like that at all. If anything, like, if it starts that chain reaction, I'm like, okay, let's go. Like, I'm happy, like it it would happen. But when I was younger, I would be scared of standing out because I thought that it was going to be something that was going to start things like that, that it was going to be be the start of prophecy. And that at the time, it would scare me. And I feel like sometimes that's that's, that, that that's like part of it. Like why as Adventists, we, st- we kind of stay playing in the background. Yeah. Instead can, of actually can I, being can I ask you something? Out.
0: Can I ask you Go something? When, when Ben Carson was running for president, were you worried? Oh, dude, I,
2: I was, I wasn't worried about the implications. I was just worried about the bad views of that, how <laughs> people were going to view Adventists.
3: <laughs>
2: that's what I was worried about. If anything, I was like, okay, good. Like maybe it, this is good that he's running, but at the same time, I'd be like, man, like Why is he playing with politics like that? (laughs) There was nothing good right
1: there when I saw that. (laughs)
2: Like,
3: oh Lord no. (laughs) uh, What you were like kind of saying, Jason, about like, you know, friends in high school and stuff. Something that I like always had in the back of my mind is that like because it's been so like ingrained into me that it's my job to spread like this, you know, light that we have right to to the rest of the people in the world and Christians and everything, that I didn't want to say anything in fear of like completely turning them away. Like I'm like mm. oh you know these guys are my I had one time when uh like I was just with my friends we were at their house just relaxing and um so I forgot how the conversation started but they started they started talking about like Noah's Ark and um most of them like you know they didn't even believe that it happened and they were saying like so many things that they're just they're just going back and forth and back and forth and like oh yeah you know Noah and then you know creation and everything I was I was like the only one there who like had the view like of post to all of them there were like 10 of us there I think mm. and like for me in that moment like I I said something, but I like I, I don't I don't do it now because you know I've learned over time that's not right. But uh, like I kind of like diluted what I was gonna say to like to make it sound so to make it have like the truth there, but not like all the way to completely like re- like show what they were saying yeah. is wrong. And I think it was just like the conflict of wanting to still be like um, a friend to them or to be someone that they can you know like you know that they like, so that eventually I'll have the the time. Or the opportunity to you know present them the gospel um instead of like you know in one moment completely turning them away for like forever and everything all,
0: all right this is this is where this is where i think it, it's a. uh, uh let, let me let me bring this in because i think it's important um uh some of the people that are watching us go to academy for example right they go to yeah. some david academy that's a slightly different dynamic this is where I think we find one of the biggest challenges in uh Seventh-day Adventism. And I want you guys to think about this for a second, right? Like what do you feel are the biggest challenges uh, to, to being Seventh-day Adventist? And sometimes I feel that what we miss is community within the church, mm-hmm. a, a sense of family within the church. I think that's a huge problem within our churches. Uh, and I'm not saying this is all churches, but at least the ones that I know, right? Like sometimes you need the support of your family because as you were saying, Chris, there are times where you feel alone, even when you're among friends, like you feel alone. Jason, you were saying that same thing, right? We, we feel alone and we need the support from others. And then the problem is you go to church and then at church, you feel like you're just you're, like, you're alone as well. Cause you're being criticized for a bunch of things. Right. And, and, and so where church should be family, where church should be the place where, Hey, I'm struggling with this. I'm feeling lonely. Can somebody, please give me a hug. It's a really cold place, right? It's really cold. and, I have found that I can't speak for other denominations that I don't know, but I I can tell you, I've visited a lot of San Adventist churches. And this is what I have found. Like I, I walk in there and I'm just like, man, this feels like everyone's dead in here. Like what's up. And imagine the atmosphere that that provides, especially for young people, right. Where they just, they don't feel like they're part of a warm, loving and accepting place. Instead, it's a very cold, critical and 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 a place that kind of pushes you away instead of bringing you in. I, I think that's a huge challenge within Adventism today.
1: Yeah. Um, no, I agree. I think going off that, I, I would even even add to that. I I think the biggest challenge is having a balance because one thing that I noticed in churches is that there's well, from what I from what I've seen, there's, there's two types of churches. Either you're very biblical or your community-based. You become community-based. It's all about loving others and, and doing all this community work and, and, and acceptance. And it seems like the biblical aspect from that church goes down. Then you go to a church that's all biblical, all doctrine, all prophecy. You got all of this. And it seems that the, the, the community, community side starts to die, die down. And I think, like you were saying, specifically with the Seven Day Adventist Church, because we are what we, we're called, known as the people of the book, we're very, uh, uh, doctrinally centered, we're very, we very, um, you know, we, 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 we got the Bible down. Right. And mm-hmm. I think with that territory comes the, the other side of the coin, as we we're saying that lack in community, I feel like just exactly what you said, you know, not only as a church, do we struggle in taking a stance on certain subjects? We, we, we just stay quiet. We don't, we don't, we don't say anything. We don't take a stance. But I think even further than that is not only should we be able to take a, a, a stance as a church, but also be out there in the front lines helping, you know, we talk about so much about how we um, we don't hate uh, gay people and, and the Bible doesn't condone that and all these stuff. And we don't. But are we out there actually trying to are we at the uh, uh, what, what was your guys uh, the club you guys went to uh, Christopher you and uh, Elias in the, in the, oh, in the you- college.
3: Oh wait in the co- uh yeah yeah you
1: guys were in college and you guys went to, to to meet with the in the group right and you uh you guys were trying to talk to them about god and stuff like that
0: it was like it's like a christian club i think uh, yeah people, it was a christian was club right I, you remember chris no like, no no I don't... Chris, I don't think chris was in it it was elias oh it was I elias got, yeah. Okay.
1: yeah was elias that was yeah. in there right right okay well yeah uh, are, are we out there in the front lines trying to genuinely reach people not like trying to a uh, 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 slap doctrine in their face, not like any of that stuff is not relevant. Like that stuff is completely relevant only after community takes place. If we can get in those, in, in the barracks, if we can get in there with, with people who dress a different way completely than us and be able to uh, connect with those people, then everything else we have to say becomes relevant. And I think that that's our struggle as a Seventh-day Adventist church one of the biggest things is finding that balance of not only just being biblical, but being out there in the front lines. And not only will that make other people feel comfortable, but our own youth. Because sometimes I feel like we push our own youth because we say, "Oh, look at how how uh, a certain da- certain person's daughter is dressed," or "Look at how uh, what kind of music that 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 young person is listening to," or look. And you can go through all these different things, but instead of being there and 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 be, uh, speaking one-on-one with our young people and saying, hey, you know, well, what's going on, you know, not, not in a sense of j- just being their friends, you know, and, and I think that that's a, a huge problem with with I see with, with the Adventist church is the community side of things and and being able to connect with people
0: right but let me let me just push back on you a little bit because you said that that there are there are these two sides balance is difficult i agree but then the other side is that sometimes all we hear is community
2: and nothing about what is
0: doing right or wrong matters right and that's also not right as well I, i and i and i agree with you i think there is a question of balance which uh for the record i think that um uh, there, There is a historical aspect to this. I, I was kind of mentioning to you guys that I, I didn't know how far back I should go with the root of some of these issues. But the truth is that the Sevda Adventist Church has struggled with fundamentalism for a very long time, specifically since the 1920s. We've had about a hundred year struggle with fundamentalism. Um, and without getting into too many details. Eventually what happens though, and this is, this is just kind of my theory, I'm you know, uh, talking about doctoral dissertation someday, uh, Andrew, this is what <laughs> I'm going to write about. But I, I, I believe that we struggle with trying to figure out how we deal with our identity when Jesus has not yet returned. And, and uh, uh, hear me out on this, right? If we keep preaching and we keep thinking as a church, oh, Jesus has to come soon. Jesus has to come soon. And it's been 160 170 years since we've been preaching that jesus is coming soon you start questioning the very identity of adventism and so you're left i think with like one of three options in fact i i kind of i kind of wrote this down because i i was trying to figure out my thoughts and it was just really difficult to to put this into words but the idea is this right when that happens number one we start thinking that the message is not relevant And, and so then we try to make things relevant but in the process we stray from the truth we think relevancy means looking like everyone else Mm. right uh being similar to everyone else and we think that will attract people when we see that jesus doesn't return then we stay stuck in the teachings of the past some people refuse to push the church forward and we're still trying to do things the way we did them 40 50 years ago and that doesn't work anymore because there's so many things that have gone by and have, have gone past us and we're stuck and then eventually some other people simply become discouraged Right, and and they begin to live their lives as if Jesus is not coming back, and, and so um, I, I think that Adventist identity, like if I were, to, if you were, to, if we were to have a conversation right now about what it literally means to be Adventist, I have a feeling we would come up with five answers, right? Because there's so much question about what happens, and and and, and then eventually you get this this uh, this divide within the church, as you were saying. Um, you know, uh, uh, some put it as traditionalist and progressives. Some put it as liberal and conservative, however you want to label this. But the truth is the truth. This divide is there. It exists. And to be in the middle is very difficult to navigate this. And uh, sometimes even the church itself pushes you to choose a side. Uh, I'm thinking about my young people uh, at Inland who go to academies. And I'm not going to mention the name of this person. But I remember when they came up to me and they said, look, how do I deal with this when in my own academy, they are making fun of my beliefs? I'm like, what in the world? What are they making fun of? Oh, that this person is conservative and has conservative views. And here you go. And you have a a, a group of people who are saying, nope, that's funny. That's to be ridiculed that's to be laughed at because you're just, you're just that type of Adventist. You're not our type of Adventist. What are we doing? I feel like we're dividing the church in a crazy way that, uh, kind of like the way our country is, by the way. It's just liberals and conservatives, right? Uh, Democrats and Republicans. And if you stand somewhere in the middle, they see you as weak, as not being able to choose a side. But if you stand on that side, oh, God forbid, everybody falls on top of you. If you stand on the other side, oh, that other side then comes and criticizes you. And so we're at a huge divide right now. I, I, this is what I see as a huge problem as well in Adventism. Um, and and again, no, coming from Chris, I'm sorry, I'm running here, but uh, in conservative churches, I feel that be very careful if you ask questions about this or that, that may sound liberal because that's not what we ask here. And then if I go to a church that apparently is labeled liberal, then I go in there and I try to say something conservative and they just say, oh, you're just not mature enough. Like, What are we doing? And I think that's a huge problem. I don't know what you guys think about
2: that. I think the labeling part is part of the problem. Part of the bigger problem, being a conservative, being a liberal, because that to me, what brings it to, and we, uh, we, we kind of touched on this during the week when we were talking um, and another conversation is that bringing those, tying in those, those, uh, those classification, classifications mean to me, what I see is politics being brought in the, into the church, politics being brought into play. Like if you're conservative or if you're liberal, it also ties to your political beliefs, and that to me is wrong because the, the real question at hand is are you Christian? Are you a Jesus follower or are you not? It's not whether you're liberal or whether you're or whether you're a conservative, is are you really trying to follow Jesus? That's what should really be the question. And that sometimes as a youth, when you're when you're not trying to really stick to the ways of Jesus and you're really trying and you're trying to fit in with the world. That's where I feel as a youth. That's where you get laughed at, because it's like, um, how come you don't listen to to certain types of music? Yeah. How, um, how come you don't like do certain activities? Yeah, I'm at Venice too. I do them. How come you don't do them? Oh, yeah. how come? How come? How come uh, you don't go to the movies? But I do.
0: Exactly. Like, like why? Why are we? Do, why are we doing this? Why are we doing this? By, by the way, uh, I think that there's a, which exactly what you're saying. I'm just gonna echo this, which is. It's not even about what is liberal or what is conservative, what is progressive or what is traditional. Question is, and I think we said this before, what is biblical? What is truth? That's what should guide us in the Adventist church as opposed to what camp you are on. I don't care what camp you are on. Are we following scripture? And
1: and even more to that is is, um, respecting people's convictions not only from from one side or the other. If we say, hey, well, uh, brother so-and-so eat, doesn't eat meat and eats, you know, he, he's not only vegetarian, he's a, 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 a raw vegan and all this stuff. And you will get one side, uh, the meat eater side, who will say, ah, oh, look at that. That person is like, oh, he's too extreme. Look at that. He, he, he doesn't even eat. He's a raw vegan. He doesn't even cook his food. And and all day long, as, as believers, we'll go and we'll say, oh, we'll criticize that. And then we'll have the person who's a raw vegan and will say like, oh, well, that person that eats meat, it, it, they're not sanctified. They're not or, or, or back and forth, all these different things. If there was a respect for convictions and say, oh, you know what? I listen. I'm, I'm convicted of that. I shouldn't listen to this music. You listen to that music. We're still brothers and sisters. We're on this walk. We're in different places. OK, we still have our main goal, which is Jesus. You know what I'm yeah, saying? And, yeah. and, and we continue to encourage
0: each other in that walk. Yeah. Yeah. By, by the way, virtue signaling, because there's a lot of virtue signaling in the Santa Adventist church yep. from either side for the record, right? From mm. either side. And that's so bad. This idea of like, look at me, look at what I do. What's wrong with you? Come on. Right. I, I, I don't think, I don't think there's a place for that in the church. I really think that we should be pushing forward the message of Jesus and where that leads us is where it leads us to. Um, you know, I, I, I just think that that's, you're right, Andrew, that, that, that should not be there.
2: I'm going to say something I haven't said in a long time. And you guys know what I'm about to say. No. I don't Maybe Chris will. might not, but you guys know what I'm about to say. And it's we- something that I really live by. We need a meme. We need a meme about this. What way. would Jesus do? Yeah. With- so. Like, honestly, like that, that that's what blows my mind. Like, it's so like, I hate the fact that it's so simple, but it's so like overlooked all the time. Like would, Like instead of being the question of like, would a liberal do this? Would a conservative do this? It's like, okay, would Jesus do that with me? It, it, like, I hate the fact that it's so simply said, but it has such a deeper, a, a deeper meaning to it, a deeper action to it. Like when you really analyze a lot of the things that we do as a Christian, by that, like it, it really makes things simple. Like just like just the whole um, LGBTQ movement. If you're if some, if you, if you go hang out with someone like that, if you're talking to someone like that, a conservative might might reprimand you for that. Mm-hmm. But then, but then it's like, okay, but didn't G, would would Jesus go talk to him? Would Jesus go minister minister to him? For, for sure, for sure. But can I? I, can, I like,
3: saying, can I? I say? go for it. no, no, yeah, go yeah. for it.
2: Go
0: for it. Yeah.
3: No, yeah, something something that uh, like I just thought is that uh, there's a quote here that I wanted to read. Um, It's from uh, last day events. And uh, this is what she says concerning about the church. She says, "Uh, the church has failed, sadly failed to meet the expectations of her redeemer. And yet the Lord does not withdraw himself from his people. He bears with them still not because of any goodness found in them, but that his name may not be dishonored before the enemies of truth and righteousness, that the satanic agencies may not triumph in the destruction of God's people. He has borne long with their waywardness, unbelief, and folly. With wonderful forbearance and compassion, he has disciplined them. If they will heed his instruction, he will cleanse away their perverse tendencies, saving them with an everlasting salvation that will make them, uh, making them eternal, monuments of the power of his grace. We should remember that the church, enfeebled and defective though it be, is the only object on earth by which Christ bestows his supreme regard. He is constantly watching it with solicitude and strengthening it by his Holy Spirit and uh, i don't know for me i, I feel that like with, the, with this problem of you know like of everything that you guys are mentioning it's that i i feel like we have like so focused um our the, the work that god has given us on like it's that something that we have to do it's something that oh the church has to do this so that jesus can come back and i feel like it's part of just like you know adventism and the way that it was you know kind of what you were saying mission like this problem that we've had for a long time Um, but I think it's just something that we have to remember that you know like God is in control of the church and even though it may seem like things are going all over the place I think it's uh, but like we had just have to trust God that somehow in some miraculous way he's gonna you know uh, fix this thing and I think it's just putting our our sight on on God is really what's gonna just I don't know really not I don't know it's like solve it like immediately but it's kind of just like Things are getting better.
0: I think. Yeah, it's it's gonna it's gonna lead us forward. I I, I agree. I, I and mean, who, and who
1: knows that, that God would it will even will not uh, just allow this until the very end, you know?
0: It, well, I, I the think, weed and I the tears. Think, sure, I think, and, and and eventually we talk about a yeah. uh, a remnant, even of the 7th Adventist yeah. Church, right? And so, but but um, I I I think I think that's a that's that's a good thing t- to reflect on for a second. Okay, this idea that you know, hey. Church is imperfect. And it's true. God is still working through his church, even though it's imperfect. Now, there's some interesting comments coming in. I, I want to make sure that we recognize them um, uh, because I, I think they should be included in part of the uh, conversation. Um, uh, Isauda, obviously, we, we asked about the fears and uh, she said that persecution as a child, like that was, that was a, a fear, right? Well, what's going to happen when the persecution comes? And as an adult, she says, uh, my fear has been, do people see Jesus in me? Am I a good example to others? I think that's a, that's a pretty legitimate fear. Um, Abigail comes in and asks a very interesting question though. Uh, and she says, what strong motivation should God's return have on our lives right now? Because I think this goes to the heart of Adventism, right? Isn't it about preaching that Jesus is going to return and therefore prepare? What does that preparation look like if we believe that Jesus is coming soon? What do you guys think about that? Again the question is what strong motivation should God's return have on our lives right now?
2: We shouldn't be complacent. That's that's honestly like one of the bigger problems that I see. We're so comfortable like even I, I was I was talking to you guys like with the whole covid situation when everything started happening, like everybody was going crazy on social media, all of this, trying to spread the word, trying to, trying to say, Jesus is coming soon. But now that a lot of people have gotten into the comfortable, Oh, this is the normal now that's gone. That, that fire, it's completely extinguished. And that should still be our motivation. It should still be, hey, Jesus is coming soon. Like, what am I doing with, about this? Like, this is just like a warning sign of future things to come. Like, I really need to get prepared. And I feel like a lot of Christians, not just Seventh-day Adventists, but Christians in general, have died down and gotten used to the new norm. Mm. And that's push- not what I- we're supposed to be. We're not supposed to be normal.
1: Mm. That, that I have a pushback. A
2: thing. Like, we're not supposed to be normal. We're supposed to stand out. For the right reasons and right now as adventists we're just chilling we're just sitting back chilling I a, and andrew, i have a
1: pushback
0: andrew, andrew before you push back though just just kind of in support of what uh um, uh jason is saying this is kind of what uh marielena was saying god calls us to be different so that we can attract others to jesus right it's not about being normal but it's about uh being different go go ahead andrew go ahead
1: i have I have a, a minor pushback because um i think that that i mean that course we've been preaching that message since i was born right that jesus is coming again my question would be is that our motivation should that be our motivation that yeah. jesus is coming back should that be our motivation i have a That's quote not- from i have a quote from ellen white that i want to drop on you guys and i see and chris probably you probably you had it already too <laughs> that i, that I want to read to you guys I, I actually uh, like this quote a lot it says the shortness of time is frequently urged as an incentive for seeking righteousness and making Christ our friend. This should not be the great motive with us for it savors of selfishness. Is it necessary that the terrors of the day of God should be, be held before us that they may be compelled to right action through fear. It ought not be so. Jesus is attractive. He is full of love, mercy, and compassion. He proposes to be our friend, to walk with us through all the rough ways and pathways of life. He says to us, I am the Lord thy God, walk with me, and I will fill thy path with light. So uh, yeah, I kind of,
3: kind of like to, to oh right, you can continue. Yeah, go
1: for it. Go for it, Christopher. You are you on you're the guest.
3: Oh, yeah, I was gonna, gonna piggyback off of uh yeah what you were saying because I, I had that uh that in mind too. But um I wanted to read uh second Timothy, it's not in Second Timothy chapter two, verses twenty to twenty-one um this is what it says now in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and silver but also of wood and clay some for honorable use and some for dishonorable use therefore if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable he will be a vessel for honorable use set apart as wholly useful to the master of the house ready for every good work and kind of just like modern terms like there's plastic plates in the house and then there's like china and like you know the china you get ready and you like bring it out for the special guests and it's like you'd never throw China away, but plastic, it's like here, there, you know, left and right. And um, just like to what you were saying, Andrew, that I, I really feel that's like the, the motivation for, you know, Jesus coming soon shouldn't be that we have to get ready because Jesus is getting soon, but it's really like, who are we going to become? What type of person are we going to be when Jesus comes back? Like, do we want to be someone who's like plastic and thrown away? Or do we want to be someone who's like China, who God desires and pleasures to
0: use? That's, that's, that's fascinating to me. I think that's a fascinating question that you guys are posing. And yet I somehow don't completely agree with you guys. And I say this because um, if I remove the message of the shortness of time for the coming of Jesus, then why am I even Adventist? I'm just, I'm just, uh, in fact, maybe I'm just asking you guys a question. Maybe I'm not saying I disagree with you guys. Uh, I guess I'm asking what, where does the Adventist part or the Adventist um, element play in your identity? You mean to tell me that it's not a big part, the fact that Jesus is coming soon, or am I supposed to simply ignore the fact that Jesus is coming soon and then find motivation to get ready for what?
1: Oh, I I don't I don't, I don't yeah. think that that yeah. should be
0: here's the here's main the
1: main motivation for for getting ready. You know, if we if we go back to the principles that we talk about, if we find out what God's character says about him, above all things, you know, above him being sovereign, above him being uh, him coming back and all these things, God is love. That is the ultimate thing that we have to and if we are not compelled sure. to that because of love, his ultimate character, then I think we fall short of that. And I think that love is at the the top of that. That has to be the changing factor in our heart. And with that, of course, we can then put in uh, uh, when Jesus is coming. I think they go hand in hand. I don't think you can take it out of there. I'm just saying I don't think it should be the first first one on the list.
0: Fair enough. Uh, then, Then my question is, what is it that you're getting ready for?
1: Well, Jesus' second coming.
0: Well, right. That's my whole point. Yeah, but you obviously- obviously No, no, no. I mean, you're right. You're right. I mean, God's love, in fact, the Bible says that God's love compels us. I understand that. That's not a problem. But but what Jesus comes to do is demonstrate God's love. And then he says, by the way, I shall return, right? Uh, um, uh, He says, look, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will return and take you with me so that wherever I am, you can be also. Right, uh, John chapter 14, verses 1 through 3. Now, doesn't that tell me that what I am getting ready for is the return of Jesus? Oh, let me, let me, let me just add in one more thing, and I'll let you answer this. Mm-hmm. Was John the Baptist not preaching the return of Jesus, or, the, or the, sorry, the coming of Jesus, the arrival of the Messiah, of the Lamb of God? What, was, it, was it not about, hey, it's here, it's at hand, Let's go, gotta get ready. You mean to tell me that John the Baptist was wrong?
1: No, I, I think that that message only becomes relevant if it is through love. What I'm saying is if you get the reverse order of those things, then we end up like the pioneers in 1844. I think the, the placement of those two has to be very clear. And then we can move forward. I don't think that you take away any of those two. They, it's, it's, of course, those things are important. Of course, Jesus coming, his second coming is, is, is crucial for, uh, for us to be prepared. Like, like just exactly like Christopher said, we want to be ready. We want to give our best selves to the Lord, but this all has to come as a result of of love first before even the second coming.
2: Here's the thing, though. To me, to me, it's more of an issue of: Am I spreading out the message in fear of the second coming, or am I spreading out the message because, like, I know He's coming soon, and I love God, and I know His love, and because I know His love, I want others to experiment that love. Because I feel like sometimes we do things out of being scared that Jesus is coming so quick and, oh, I'm scared that I might not have reached out to so many people. No, I feel like the thing that should motivate us besides the second coming is like, man, look at what God's done for me. I want you to experience that as well. Mm -hmm. I want you to know the Jesus that I know. And the Jesus that I know is also coming soon. So get ready for that. I feel like that's what should be our urgency, not just the second coming it should be Agreed. dude like he's coming but look what he's done for me like even though he's coming soon like look what he could do for you too that's and what I mean, should be that what we're pushing out
3: yeah and i i think it has to do with like our perspective because i'm not i'm not trying to say that the jesus coming is not important like obviously it is important but i think the primary focus and the perspective that we have because ultimately you know when jesus coming back we're gonna be in heaven but i think um a lot of people and myself included up until like recently that like we had this conception of like you know heaven is like the old and it is it is heaven's like the best place that God has provided for us but also God has told us that eternal life is not living forever eternal life is knowing uh John 17 3 and this eternal life that you should know uh God is, like the only the one true God and his son Jesus Christ in whom you have sent and it's like well why do I have to wait until Jesus comes back to get to know Jesus if I can do that now and, and I just think that, like, eternal life, if I can get it right now, well, I'm going to get it right now. And I think that the problem with having the primary, like, focus and motivation of, like, Jesus coming back for us to get ready is that eventually it's going to get to a certain point. Like, we've all lived throughout our entire lives, you know, Jesus coming soon, Jesus coming soon. But eventually it's kind of just like, all right, we've heard it so many times, it kind of just loses that um, urgency that it, that it once had and we'll end up in, you know, um, as like you know, Revelation says that you know this laodicean state where we think everything's okay. We're just back sitting complacent.
0: I, look, I I'm I'm look I'm I'm with I, I understand exactly what you guys are saying. I, I I just I'm not talking about Christianity in general. I am talking about Seventh Day Adventism. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm talking about which means that I am talking about a message. Notice, again, because this isn't, we're talking about the Christian identity. We're talking about the Seventh-day Adventist identity. And, and, and let's put things in a perspective. Um, if we're going to talk about the mission of the Seventh-day Adventist church for a second, what is it then? Right? Yeah, you know, it's true. It's to point to God's love. I believe that is correct. I believe that is what we should be doing. But it is more than just pointing to God's love. It is telling you God loves you. God died for you. God resurrected he went to heaven and he is coming back down soon for you. Now, here's here's where I think that your guys's arguments, if we could put it that way, because I don't even think you guys are really arguing against me. I'm just going to put it that way. So it sounds better. OK, your guys's arguments kind of fall in the sense that, wait, the time is short at all times. Literally right now, you mean to tell me that the people who are watching, I'm not going to to. Uh, try to convey a sense of urgency because for all I know, they may die tonight. God forbid. Oh oh, but oh, but if we were not we were not pointing to the shortness of time. If we were not pointing to the fact that time is short in general, what happens? Well, you know what? there's a parable in the Bible in Matthew chapter 24, at the very end of it, where there is a good servant and a bad servant and the good servant, is ready at all times because he believes that his master will show up at any time. This is not a question about whether you love or you do not love. This is a question of how soon do you believe Jesus is coming? And our tendency as humans is to procrastinate. There is also another servant who says, oh yeah, my, my, my Lord is not coming anytime soon. And that dictates and guides his actions to begin to beat his fellow servants and, and not feed them and not do the things that the master is doing. I believe that urgency is so important in the Adventist identity. And I understand every year that goes by, it gets more difficult. I still think we need to be urgent though. That's, that's, that's what I'm trying to say.
1: No, I don't, I don't disagree with that. We, we absolutely have to be urgent. Okay, good. I I just, I just think the process, you know what I'm saying? That urgency comes, well, we're going to talk semantics all day. So I think we should just, you know,
0: (laughs) well,
2: no, no. Okay. Go, go ahead, Andrew. Uh, Jason, like, go ahead. Yeah. I feel like th- th- that's just like the big part of the Adventist identity. Now that we're talking about that, it is the second coming. Cause who, do, who what other denomination, what, a, what, a, what other religion pushes the second coming? Mm. They might talk about it, sure. but nobody pushes that. That's not something like, Hey, Jesus is coming soon. This is why we need to get prepared. Sure. Nobody else pushes that. Cause you look at Catholicism. I don't, nothing rings the bell. And other denominations uh it just that just is not what the focus is even though that should be it, that should be because even in the bible itself says it mm. i'm coming soon mm. yeah, all throughout the all throughout the gospel from matthew all the way to revelation i'm coming soon is one of the things that gets pointed out
0: sure. all throughout
2: it sure sure so th- that that already it has to be part of our night of our identity. Yeah. Yeah, it has to have to push that message with the love that Jesus pushed out his message
0: with 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 love, with the respect. And and in fact, I think some of the some of the comments that uh, that are coming in, and I I think we should share these as well, in in case those who are not uh, don't have access to the chat right now. Um, There was uh, the the issue. uh, Isaura once again says that we Christians should focus on love live the example of Jesus' love, treat others with love and be respected. That was a little bit earlier to what we were talking about. Uh, Julio says, uh, what do Adventists think about Trump? And in the words of Jason, what would Jesus vote for? Uh, or who would Jesus vote for? <laughs> okay.
2: Um, hey, hey, uh, think think he said, would he Mitch vote for Kanye West? I think Mitch, Mitch, and I are, Mitch and I have had like some deep conversations about this. <laughs> I, I, honestly, when it comes to politics, I think that's, that's going to be a whole different conversation it, 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 it today. Is. But yeah. as you were saying, how I say it, what would Jesus do? Who would Jesus vote for? Am I really gonna back somebody up that doesn't show God's character? Sure, sure, sure. Vouch for God's character. Sure, but but for the record, uh, let's just answer that once and for
0: all. I have the definitive answer on that. Who would Jesus vote for? Nobody. Give yep. to Caesar what is to Caesar and God what is to God. No, so uh, Jesus would have stayed away from politics in that sense, but would have been involved in spreading his message Right. And whether or not that affects politics is a whole different story. So, uh, like yeah. I said, that's going to, we have, we're going to have to talk about it. Yeah. yeah I think not so. Today. I think so. Now, um, Angie does come up with a, a good question. I think that's important. I don't know if you saw this, Andrew, uh, on the yeah, chat.
1: I've been trying to find a quote. Oh, yeah. That's, that's no, what no, you guys no see stories. me doing.
0: Um, uh, but Angie, um, uh, uh, she says, Happy Sabbath, by the way. Happy Sabbath. That's my wife, Angie. Um, yay. Uh, anyways, uh-huh. as followers of Christ, she says, we are called to be different. I, you, I think all of us agree on that, right? We are called to be different. Well, what advice can you give our young people to stand up for Jesus, even if it's not the popular thing in our society today? Great question, I think. All right. What, can, what advice can we give them when it's not the popular thing? Stand up for Jesus.
2: Be like Jesus. Jesus wasn't popular mm. in his time. If we, at, if we look at it from a political aspect, Jesus was not popular. That's why they put him to death, because they wanted to get rid of him. But be like Jesus. That's that. That's honestly like, th- that's honestly my. That would be my answer. Is like, try to be like Jesus. Try your best to be like Jesus. You're not going to be liked. You're not mm. going to be popular, especially with what I hate the most, cancel culture. I just think it's ridiculous. But you're. They're going to do. They're going to try to do that to you. But that's exactly what they did to Jesus. And if we're trying to be like Jesus, if we're gonna, if I'm going to call myself a Christian, I'm going to try to be like Jesus. I'm going to to my best ability i'm going to try to be like jesus and they're going to ridicule me even the bible says like it's not going to be easy jesus himself told us it's not going to be yeah. easy they're going to persecute you all of that's going to come
0: yeah no for sure i, I agree with you. What, do you, what do you what do you guys say about that uh what what would you tell a young person who's struggling to stand out because society does, frowns upon that
3: yeah i don't something something that i that i would say that i've like I've thought about it as well. And then something that, you know, like my friends talk about and I've like told them is that, I mean, ultimately if like, if you know, we have Jesus at the end, like that's, that's what it's all about. And it, you know, and I, I 100% understand like being stripped of these opportunities because we follow Jesus because we, we, we stand out. And, um, like just trust that you know god rewards faithfulness it's not that he's just like abandoning us and everything it's not like god says hey i want you to worship on sabbath even though you know everybody else worships on sunday because i want you to be different and like we're okay we're like all right we're gonna do this and then suddenly when the problems come like every like god disappears um no no that's not how god is like god does see everything and in the psalms it's um i forget exactly where it was but um Oh, I think it's in, it's in Psalms 55 somewhere. But uh, basically, like, you know, the psalmist has this same problem. He's like, Lord, where are you when my enemies come to me? Where are you when they're making fun of me? I eat the tears that I cry every night because you know, they're making fun of me. And later on, like he, he comes to this conclusion that he's like, um, the, I forget. It's a really good one, but I forget it. It's like, um, the, cast your burdens on the Lord and he shall never permit the righteous to be moved. Mm-hmm. And it's like, ultimately, if, if you stand with God, like, don't like it's not just something that we say, you know, if God is for us, who's against us? Like, really, if you take that stance in your life, you are putting God to the test. And I promise you that he's going to pull through. He's going to be faithful. And it may not seem like it, it may like you can imagine, the um, for example, uh, Joshua, uh, when he has to cross the, the Jordan, I believe the Red Sea didn't split like it did with Moses. They had to take that first step. It wasn't until the first priest put his foot in the water that the that the sea split uh, or the river split. Right. It's, so it's sometimes that like we have to, you know, show like God, not, you know, like good words to stuff, but we have to like, you know, God, we're faithful to you. And eventually we have to have that hope that God is going to stand up for us and that he is going to take care of us, even though everybody else is ridiculing us, that he's he's going to make everything right.
0: Yeah, I, I can I can I add something to that, guys, regarding the, what what we uh, what we can tell someone who is uh, struggling with that. Number one, there are two verses that come to mind. First one is Matthew chapter 10, verse 28 where Jesus says, do not fear those who can kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in and hell. And, and what Jesus is basically saying is, look, let's put things into their proper perspectives. God is greater than man. Mm. Um, oh, you're going to be afraid of that. You should really be considering what God can do, right? You're going to be afraid of the ridicule. Consider what God can do. But the reverse is true as well. And this you could see through the writings of Jesus that the idea is do not love the world love the things of god also the world may not love you but your father in heaven loves you right i i think these the when when we put things into perspective and we put god first in our lives we start really thinking wait a minute it really doesn't matter if others uh, ridicule me or make fun of me. I'm going to live the life that God has called me to live because I want to please God more than please men, right? That's a message that pops up many times throughout scriptures. There's also something else that, uh, Paul writes in Romans chapter eight, verse 18, where he says, for, I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory, which shall be revealed in us. Right. And so again, it's this idea of putting things into perspective Man, you're you're concerned about losing your job. What about losing eternal life? No, Paul says, look, you may suffer the loss of your job, but what awaits for you because that happened in the name of God is so much greater, so much bigger. And this is, uh, I asked someone this recently, I asked this to a young man and I said, you know, if I can give you a hundred dollars now or a million dollars in one year, which one would you take, right? And the response is obvious. I would take a million years. I, I, sorry, a million years. I would take a million dollars, right? In a year. Well, you're
1: speaking now. prophecy now? Yeah, no,
0: no, no, not <laughs> prophecy. Yeah, right. <laughs> and you say I am willing to wait for the great reward instead of just getting the small immediate thing right now. Look, the world will betray you. The world is going at some point. Society, people around you, they will fail you. Bible says God will not. And whenever I think about that, and I say, okay, wait a minute. I can either do what they're telling me to do here or I can say what God is doing. Oh, but God is so much bigger and greater and more loving and more faithful and more loyal uh, and more helpful than anything else over here. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be on God's side, right? So I, I, think, I think both of those things um, uh, are, are important for us to keep in, uh, I, in. I wanted
1: to mention a quote from Ellen White, just a kind of encouraging. It says, Christ is calling for volunteers to enlist under his standard and bear the banner of the cross before the world. The church is languishing for the help of young men who will bear a courageous testimony, who will with their ardent zeal stir up the sluggish energies of God's people. And so increase the power of the church in the world. Young men are wanted who will resist the tide of worldliness and lift a voice of warning against taking the first steps in immorality and vice. Mm. Man, I don't know about you guys, but have you ever seen a young person on fire man. So it does something to the church. I miss, mm-hmm. I miss, uh, I miss uh, my, uh, my three musketeers, uh, uh, Christopher, uh, 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 Israel and Elias, man, something about that, 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 that stirs up us old folks, man, uh, in, in the church, man, the, the energies of the church, I think that we need more of, uh, of these young people who are, who are standing up to, uh, for the church and to, to reinvigorate us
2: for sure. I have a text here and you guys could maybe have a different idea about this compared to me, but this text, we use it so much in church. And I feel like it's sometimes like, because we use it so much and we're so used to hearing it only when it comes to tithes and offerings, we downplay its meaning. And it's Malachi 310. And it says, bring tithes into the storehouse. Now here's the thing about tithes. A lot of people just see it as giving that 10% to God. But giving that 10% implies so much more and to me in this in this instance what it implies a lot is faith mm-hmm. giving your tithe tithe to god giving that amount of your what you're making to god is faith all right so to me so replace like to me what it's telling me is like have faith in me right and then the verse continues it says and try me now in this says the lords of hosts if i want to open for you the windows of heaven and pour out For you such blessing that there will be not enough room to enough to receive it and a lot of people stop there but if you keep on reading verse 11 and it says and i will rebuke the devourer for your sake so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field says the lord's host now Mm -hmm. i feel like that to me is good advice for the youth because god is telling me try me
0: Mm
2: -hmm. put your faith in me and try me and see if i will not 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 come come in for you like if i won't like if i'm not going to give you what i've promised you right because sometimes like having faith in someone nowadays with everything that's going on with all everything that's going on in society to actually trust someone it is difficult Mm. to actually have people find people that are trustworthy it's kind of hard even within the the church community because man will fail you the bible says it men fail but the one that never fails is god God is never gonna fail you. In fact, he even tells you, try me. Put your faith in Jesus, young people. Put your faith in him. And I promise you, he is not gonna fail you. He says it himself, try me. He's like, come at me. He literally tells you, Come at me, bro. Throw yeah. at me what you got. Yeah. Throw at me what you got. And I promise you, I'm gonna give you something better. Yeah, may, maybe not exactly in the sound like context, that but in more, like, like, come at more at me, bro. like more youthful <laughs> terms.
0: Yeah, for sure, for sure. No, I hear you. I, I I think that's important, right? Uh is that God actually says test me. Try me. Yeah. Right? See whether or not I'm going to be faithful. Hey. And, and and I and I but in other that,
2: words, bet.
0: Yeah, but hey. yeah. yeah. You're,
1: you're quoting David there. <laughs> if there be any wicked way in me and lead me into the way of everlasting
0: no for sure i love that
1: quote i love that verse by the way
0: but if you think about it right that's 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 kind of what god says and and oftentimes we doubt we question we wonder we we even struggle, saying should we continue but the idea is god literally goes in and tells you look look at look at the fields uh, look at the lilies of the field i mean does god not take care of them Oh, how much more you? Oh, you know there's unfaithful judges out there, really bad, evil judges out there, and here's a woman who is constantly asking for uh, justice over and over again, and this judge just can't stand it anymore, and he comes in and he says, "Fine, what do you want? I'll give you what you want, so you can leave me alone." He says, "How much more God? That God is loving and caring and all these things, right?" So, um, I, I think that the key to standing out, uh, and you guys can disagree with me here, but I think the key to standing out is to being closer to God. Because the closer you are to God, the easier it is to stand out. You got, some, you got a big brother right behind you, right? Uh, you, you got mm-hmm. the father right behind you. It, it, when, when you start standing out and you start feeling yourself alone. Um, oh, th- there was this great quote. I, I don't even remember when I, I read it last time. Uh, it was in this past week or so. Was it, was it last week? Probably was. Where it says that the people of God are always seen as a minority, right? Always seen as a minority. But with God, God is always a majority. That's what Ellen White writes. She's always a majority. By the way, that would be a great quote on the back of a shirt, Andrew. Okay, God is my majority. And, and, hey, and you know, yeah,
1: we can get different. We can get different ones in the back. Let me means- hey, you know.
0: What? Actually, don't give that to anybody. I want that. I want that quote all for myself. But the, but the idea is this, right? Uh, God is my majority. In other words, if God is behind me, who can be against me, right? And it's not to go out and like throw stuff at people to beat up people. That's not the point. The point is that when we're out there preaching the love of God, when we do this with God behind us, there's nothing I will fear. Right. I will fear no evil. Thousand will fall on one side, 10,000 on another. I I can walk through the valley of the shadow of death and have absolutely no fear. Why? Because God is with you. And so I think that's important for young people to remember. Um, uh, can we mention some of these other comments? Are you guys okay with that? We're, yeah, we're almost perfect. Um, uh, uh, a little bit after that, I know there was a, a question about we should treat our, or a comment about we should treat our youth with grace uh, because the church is the repository of the riches of the grace of Christ. And through the church will eventually be made manifest even to the principalities and powers in heavenly places. Um, and uh, in the final and full display of the love of God. Do you guys think that's lacking in the church? Uh, grace, love? um uh showing that this is the place where all the richness of the grace of god has been deposited what do you guys think
2: that's one of the things that lacks and that's why to me there hasn't been a full-on revival like there should be because we lack grace to others we deem other people not worthy of receiving that love from god we deem that people not worthy about it so then was that how does how how can I say I've, I've received grace if I'm not giving grace to others if I'm not trying to show others that God has grace towards them
1: yeah I I think that that that's crucial to showing grace to the young people especially the young people I I just kind of reminisce uh, on my older days and I think we can all reminisce on when we were young to some extent well probably not Christopher Christopher be. oh yeah he might be reminiscing <laughs> to when he was an infant then <laughs> no but i think i think it's crucial man um sometimes we forget that we were all young at, at, at one point and then we went through this this stage you know uh I, I can recall um back when i went to college and i came back with my earrings uh, right here and you know, I, I talked i talked i talked a little bit different and you know and i was a little bit different i remember coming to uh, one of our seventh day adventist churches uh down the hill actually and I remember going and I just got like so many stares and so many looks and I just felt so uncomfortable. It almost made me feel like uh, I don't even want to be here. And and in that place where you're in a, a, at that point in your life, like now looking back, it's like, how long did that last? Like uh, within a year, I was, I, you know, I took those back off. And, and like, I think that should be how we should be with our young people, at least from church. We have to realize there is an aspect of the home that we as a church just cannot Replace that it has to come from home. But what we, we as a church can do is we can have grace for those young people. You know, we have to realize that some of these young people are going to go through these, through these different tides in their lives, whether we like it or not, they're going to go through these phases of listening to certain types of music because they're with these types of friends or, 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 or doing these kinds of, uh, you know, you know, getting earrings or, or, you know, I don't want to say get a tattoo or anything like that, but you know, Hey, there are young people that, that, that are going through this. And all we can do is pray and show them how to re- have a relationship with Jesus. That's all we can do. And, and it's not our job to, to how would you say it, force them out of this phase. God's going to do that. As long as we as a church and, our, of course, the family role is doing their part, then that's all we can do. You know, the Bible, the Bible, the Bible says uh, teach them when they're young, you know, instruct them when they're young. So when they're older, they, they will not depart. You know, and I think that's so true. Even, you know, I see my own life, you know, and all the things that my my parents have done. And we've talked about this, Mitch, you know, uh, there's no perfect upbringing ever, you know, no matter what you say, there's always gonna be, you know, uh, uh, some some part there, but all we can do as a church is continue to pray and have grace on them. And, and, and exactly just like what you
0: said. Do, do you think
2: the church, I feel like it's our job to, as part of the church community, to be there for them when they're going through that hard time. Cause it's easy to be there for them. It, like, they don't even really need us there for them when they're going through that good time. But when they're going through that phase of doubt, that's where the church should be there. Like, hey, look, I got your back. Like, come talk to me. If you're, and we're, we have to provide that safe space for them. And unfortunately, sometimes as a church community, we like that. If anything, we're the complete opposite of the space, safe space sometimes.
0: Yeah. Do you guys think that there should be a uh, that we should tell them what is right and what is wrong or we should just tell them? I I actually have
1: have an example for that.
2: Uh, I was actually speaking.
1: I was speaking to my dad recently and he was giving me he 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 was reflecting on his life, you know, and he says he remembers these two people that were, uh, you know, around his age, you know, and obviously my dad was in gangs and did all kinds of stuff at that time. And I remember he he, well, he, he told me this story recently. He says, I always remember these two people. One person who would come up to me and tell me and, and point the finger at me is like, oh, you shouldn't be doing this. You know, you're Adventist. You grew up in the church. Your dad's this and all these things and telling them in this manner what you shouldn't be doing. You know what you shouldn't be doing. And that he remembers there was another brother that was there who never spoke to him in that way, but went up to him in more of an advice format, if you could say, well, where, where he would come up to them and talk to them like, like, hey, man, you know, you know what? you know, what, what's going on, you know, like, like it's the difference in the tone is the difference in the approach that you can talk to young people. people. And he says, still to this day, he remembers those two different people and, and, and which one actually pushed him forward in his Christian walk. Right. And I think that that's, that's what we have to do. It's not that we're going to, we're going to hold out and say, Oh, you know, well, you guys can do whatever you want and, and loose reins. I think there is a way that we can tell our young people, and this goes back to the community part, the community sense, it's, it's being there for our young people and say, hey, man, you know, you know, and, and, and I think that yeah. that makes all the difference in the world.
0: I want to say something, but Chris, go ahead, yeah, so, go ahead. Something I want to say. I was looking for
3: the quote, but I couldn't find it. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, um, I was looking for a quote, but I couldn't find it. Um, It was in The Desire of Ages. And um, Ellen White records, like, you know, when Jesus rebuked the people and uh, she says that when Jesus, like, rebuked the people, there was always, like, tears in his eyes. Because-
1: oh, I had I looking for that quote.
3: yeah and um and and it's like we have to have this sense of like because i i you know i strongly believe you know we need we need a lot of grace but sometimes i feel like we often give like a little bit and you know you guys can disagree with me on this but i feel like sometimes we also give a little bit too much grace when we should be you know we should have that high standard um because you know we're we're children of god and you know god does have a high standard for us and yeah you know we'll fall again but you know let's pick up right right back up but um it's kind of just like this like, like this balance kind of like you were you were guys were uh, mentioning that it's like we we have to have this you know grace uh that god gives and when we you know find people or you know when like somebody messes up or even we ourselves mess up that it's kind of like we have to you know be we have to say it in a nice tone we have to you know have that um that the loving character towards chris, them not saying oh you, uh, yeah
0: chris you're, you're ready here's here's the quote <laughs> Jesus Jesus never suppressed one word of the truth, there but he is. uttered it always in love. He exercised mm-hmm. the greatest tact and thoughtful kind there you go. That's it. in his intercourse with the people. He was never rude, never needlessly spoke a severe word, never gave needless pain to a sensitive soul. He did not censure human weakness. He fearlessly denounced hypocrisy, yeah, unbelief, yeah. and iniquity. But tears were in his voice as he uttered his scathing rebukes. He wept over Jerusalem, the city he loved that refused to receive him the way, the truth, and the life. They had rejected him, the Savior, but he regarded them with pitying tenderness and sorrow so deep that it broke his heart. His life was one of self-denial and thoughtful care for others. And I could keep going. But, but here's, here's the thing. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, and we got to start wrapping it up. But, but I, I, I want you guys to think about this. I feel that one of the bigger problems, in fact, if here, I'll put it this way. If my mom comes in and tells me uh, back then, right. If she would say, said, Hey, you can't do this. And she speaks roughly to me. I'm okay with that. She's my mom. She can talk to me like that. And it's because she has a relationship with me. Right. And, and, and that relationship, I know where my mom is coming from, from a good place. See, I would say that it isn't even so much the tone andrew i think it's i think it's the spirit in which we come but the spirit in which we come only manifests itself if you actually have a relationship with young people a lot Thank of adults do not have relationships with young people right they don't they don't approach them the only time they come up to them is when they're about to criticize them that's no good that's no good and that's why i think uh, i think of many of the youth leaders that are older in the church and i commend you because you guys are actively trying to have a relationship with young people. We know that it's hard, but there are many others who rather point the finger than actually go and, and, and you know throw your hand over my shoulders and say, hey, I'm here for you. I, I don't mind if someone who loves me, who I know loves me, I'll, I'll put my wife as an example. My wife can speak to me directly. My wife can speak to me roughly because I know she loves me. But when, but when someone who I, I'm like, dude, who are you? Who are you coming up to me? Like, who are you to come up to me and tell me this and that? I think the big problem is that sometimes we just have not built the relationships with our young people that we should. And then you have no rapport. You have no ability to go in and rebuke anyone whatsoever because you just simply haven't spent the time to build up that relationship that will show the person, yeah, this person cares for me and they're coming from
2: a good place. So so, well, two things, the quote that you read is exactly why I hate cancel culture. Because cancel culture, what it does, it completely takes it out of the picture. So as a, as a Christian, and most importantly, as a Seventh-day Adventist in the 21st century, the year 2020, check yourself if you are a supporter of cancel culture. Because that is completely against what Jesus would stand for.
0: Sure. As, as a Christian, cancel you culture, you
2: mess it. up once, and that's it. You're done.
0: Yeah. You're
2: done with you. And Jesus is like, okay, you messed up. Here's how we fix this. Yeah. How yeah. are we going to fix this? Yeah. Jesus gives you a chance to fix things.
3: What if I want to like, cancel cancel culture?
2: <laughs> I, I'm <I'll laughs> all for that one. I'm all for Jesus. <laughs> the, thing, the thing. We should be pushing out Jesus culture. Like honestly, like that quote puts everything into perspective how Jesus sure. did things, sure. and that's honestly, and the reason that he could do things like that is because back into what we were talking, he had a relationship with the people. He was always with the people. Mm-hmm. That's why if he would rebuke them. If they wouldn't get mad at him like that because they, he had a relationship. And like, when it comes to having a relationship with the youth, I've even had cases where a parent has came up to me like, Hey, look, I'm having this situation. You think you could could talk to my child? Because there's been that relationship. I could talk to them, tell them, Hey man, what's going on? Like, you know, this is wrong. Even within my own family with my brother. Sometimes my parents are like, Hey, talk to your brother. Right. You know, because there's that relationship. Sorry for putting you on blast. I know you're watching, but um, like there's, there's, there's all those situations, like because there's that relationship. And if you don't have the relationship with the person, like Mitch is saying, they're going to take you like, who in the world are you? Like, why can you tell me something? Like you can't tell me nothing. And that's the problem with a lot of like the older folks in church. They think because they're older, they have the right to just point fingers when they don't. You have a right to tell somebody something when you have a relationship, some relationship with them, because you're coming at them with love. You're coming at them because you're having, you have their best interest in mind. Yeah. Not just because you deem it as something wrong.
0: Yeah, for sure. Guys, I'm not going to lie to you. We got to wrap it up. Uh, Yeah. You know, we've been, and there's some good comments coming in. Um, uh, uh, Ivan had asked uh, what should keep me motivated. That's a really good question. Motivation especially during these times. I think that's something that we got to explore in the future. Uh, Julio had asked, does any politician really show God's character? I, th- I think we really need to speak about politics and, and Christians. Yeah. Uh, you, yeah. Know, you know, You I, know. that's something that's been like itching. I know, I know. We've been, <laughs> know that's been something dancing that's been- around <laughs> it. I think maybe we have to. Um, uh, Isauda brings up a comment. That's unfortunate, right? Uh, she got pregnant very young, unwed at 19. She came back to Jesus, but she felt like she had a lie at church. That's not that's not what church is supposed yeah, to be like exactly. church is supposed to be the place where you come back and you say, hey, look, I made a mistake. And people are like, hey, we've made mistakes, too. Let's come together. Right. And let's just uh, learn from this and together push forward. I,
1: and, and why so is weird. it that some of us have made those mistakes and yet we're so critical of those people?
0: Mm-hmm. That's the
1: crazy thing to me where we've gone through these same things and yet we're critical of these people I- and,
0: and again and again it's not that we're ignoring what is right and what is wrong it is just it is in the matter in which we try to achieve what is right right and it always begins with god's love i'm with you guys on that uh, left and right but i think that's just the way it goes um and uh and and again there are many other comments that that unfortunately we cannot get to uh but um uh, very last thing, super quick. If you guys can do it in like 30 seconds, uh, if, if, uh, someone were asking you what's the best thing you love about being Adventist, you would say 30 seconds, 10 seconds. If you can, what would you say? Andrew, what would you say?
1: Oh man, I'm, let me think about it. No, no,
0: we're, no, we're going to give Chris the last word here.
1: Hey, what is uh, the best thing about being Seventh day Adventist? Haystacks.
0: Yeah. Cop out. That, that is a total cop out. That's not the best thing. About seven. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Uh, um, can I tell you really quick what's awesome? I think is that you go any place in the world, and you know at what time and what place people are going to oh, be. Oh, that's in. so true. And, and it's just great because it's like you're just joining this big, this big family. And, and it
1: seems like awesome. you never left your church too. You just right. welcome right in. That's
2: right. That's, right. that's right. that's actually what I was going to say. Something that I actually love about being Adventist is that Adventist is such a small world. You you unknowingly Dude. are tied to so many people in different yes. parts. So true. So the world. true. Yeah, and it honestly like in the bigger picture, how it really should be and how you should feel all the time is it's a big family. Cause you could go to a different church like, oh, you know, this person, oh, I know that person too. Boom, friendship or some type of bond with that person, whatever Adventist community you go into. For sure, for sure.
3: Yeah, for sure. I, I was just going to say that. It's like, it's such a small world. Like you, if you know one person, like if you know like one Filipino, you probably know like 20 other Filipinos. <laughs> you know person, like I, I'm from California, go to uh, Tennessee. Like I didn't think i know anybody. I met one person who knew like the entire like campus. Sure. I'm like, okay, I just stick with this guy and then like meet everybody. So it's well, really we, such a small well,
2: world. So so just, just like a, a testimony to how, how awesome like the 7th world is because it's is such a small world and because everybody knows everybody. That's honestly why I have a girlfriend. Yeah. Because it's such a small world.
0: <laughs> hey, hey, but you know what? I'm going to put you on the spot, man. We need to we need to move this uh, girlfriend status to fiance, but that's a whole, <laughs> thing. A whole different conversation right there. Hey, <laughs> hey, um, you know what's funny though, but this whole small world thing, Andrew and I, I remember, I don't know how long it was ago, but uh, we were talking and then all of a sudden we started talking about like what churches we had gone to. And literally, I think we had like, Maybe a space of like three or four months, bro, where we were almost at the same church without even Oh, thinking. dude.
1: We were at the same church, bro. But, you, you went know, to I, go I, preach at my church when I, you were, I, were like how old?
0: I, I don't know, like like 15, maybe. You was like 15, 15 years old. Years
1: you went now. to preach at my church and I didn't even know. It's it's <laughs> That's it's crazy to me.
0: It's crazy. And I, and I will say this: if you do not feel to any of the young people that are watching, we'll probably end with this. If you do not feel that you got family around you, hey, we'll be your family. All right, we will be your family reach out to us we got you we've been there uh we've made mistakes we understand we're not perfect we're not we're not going to be perfect with you either but if you're feeling alone in the Adventist church there's absolutely no reason for you to continue feeling that because because we're here for you right
1: and uh, to add to that we we talk all this theological stuff here sometimes and we get all super in deep into stuff but honestly just like Mitchell Mitchell said you know I know that my passion has always been speaking to the young people and, 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 and you know, it's, we've been through these things yeah. too. And it's like, you see eye to eye with, with, with some of these young people and what they're going through. And, and more than anything, I, for myself would love to share what I, you know, Jesus, mm-hmm. you know, and, and what it is to have a relationship with God with those young people. Cause I think that that's what is attractive. Right. We, we, we talk so much about, oh, you know, oh, how can we get more young people to come to our churches? What can we do? What kind of we, we, we put this kind of music? We do these kind of, We we invite these kind of pastors at the end of the day. You know, we have these kind of camp meetings at the end of the day. That's all going to be gone. But your relationship with God is what's going to stick around. And and I think that's what we can give to our young
0: people. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Now, again, we got to wrap it up. Um, uh, Chris, you want to lead us with the final word of prayer?
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go ahead and pray uh precious heavenly father thank you so much for this stage, given us thank you just for the opportunity lord to just be able to sit down have a conversation and even just you know listen lord and um ultimately we know besides you know all the deep theological stuff ultimately it's because we love you and we want to get to know you and we're waiting for you to come back lord and mm-hmm. and while we wait we just want to get to know who you are lord please be with us wherever we are on the planet and the world of covid and where this world almost like gets worse every day uh, please be with us guide us protect us lord and let us just you know stick close to those who love us and stick close to you ultimately thank you so much for all the blessings that you've given us please be with us um we know that there's so many things going on protect us from everything that's going on and just allow us to live as you want us to live and just to do the work that you have for us because we do want to see you come on we don't want to stay here forever um thank you so much for all you do for us lord please forgive us of our sins and help us just to live day by day and love you more and pray amen
0: amen amen hey chris thank you so much for joining us today thank you man yeah absolutely thank you for all your comments and your contribution here uh hopefully we'll have you in the future uh in another one of our conversations and uh for everyone else again if you're interested in the shirts definitely dm us at uh at our instagram account uh and please do
2: yeah and if you did win a shirt make sure you definitely
0: dm us Uh, absolutely we want to send that to you out as soon as possible and then guys uh as you know world is kind of crazy, but in this case, so is the Adventist church, man. We're going through a bunch of different things, but but it's okay. Because when you see your church all around you, and if things are getting super crazy, we got a message for you. Five words, keep calm and Advent on. It's the best thing we can tell you right now. Keep washing Sorry. those hands. It, it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Well, You got to keep washing those hands for sure. I'm tired of saying that already at this point. You know? <laughs> anyways, keep calm, Advent on. We hope to see you next week. God bless everybody. Uh, have a Thanks, great day. guys. Happy week.